This is Lauren Jordan, your host of Amuse Bouche podcast, a food podcast. Uh, with me is Hannah Lee Stockdale. Hey. Hi. <laughs> uh, Hannah is an illustrator currently living in Chicago. Say hi. Hi. I live like five minutes away from Lauren. <laughs> yeah, that's why. Hannah's one of my first guests. <laughs> yeah. So uh, to start, uh, Hannah, what did you eat today or this week? Um. Oh, gosh. Um. Mm, well... Well, you did come over. Uh, we had a Blue Apron <laughs> dinner party at yeah. my apartment because we both had uh, Blue Aprons we needed to make. Well, they were accidental, unplanned Blue Aprons. Yeah, why don't you tell that story? Yeah, well, yeah. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Blue Apron, it is the... Um, gosh, how could you describe Blue Apron? It's a subscription service. It's a subscription service, and they basically send you three meals, but you have to cook it. But what is really nice about Blue Apron is that They send you the exact amount of the ingredients that you need for said recipe. So it's really nice for ding-dongs like me, because I don't have to sit there with a measuring cup and stuff. But the way Blue Apron works is that, you know, like, they'll have next week's meal. They'll show you, like, the meals that are available and stuff. And, like, you have to manually mark skip this delivery. Or or skip, Yeah. yeah. You have to manually skip a delivery. And if you don't, by, like whatever the deadline date is for the next week, you get charged for that week's delivery and they mail it to you. And I made that same mistake. I think the same way you did. (laughs) This has happened twice to me now. And like, yeah. So, uh, you know, and it's, it's not like the food's not good. No. Yeah. You're just like, Oh shoot. I was going out of town. I didn't mean to get this. What am I going to do? Yeah. It's not like they're mailing me a huge box of ranch dressing or anything, (laughs) but, um, yeah. So, this has actually happened with Lauren and I a few times where we both have Blue Apron meals and, um, you Even know. the same ones. Yeah, so we'll just, like, I'll bring over all of my Blue Apron ingredients and we'll just cook them all together. And we did that this evening. Our pals, Matt Cummings and Jesse Zaborski also yes, came yes. by. But we had, we're both holding the recipe cards, um, we had spicy pepperonata pasta with Tinkerbell peppers cherry tomatoes and pine nuts and then uh the one that i had was summer vegetable gnocchi with sweet corn bell pepper and basil and they were both really good yeah we did both pastas because we felt i don't know i felt like that was a good idea to, to yeah. put two pastas next to each other the uh summer vegetable one was had like a base of kale so it was very uh like earthy and yeah. uh iron rich yeah uh, but i liked the 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 pepperonata pasta a lot better, actually, because I tend to like a tomato-based pasta a lot. Yeah. And the noodles were really interesting because they had, like, a hole down the middle. It was like spaghetti noodles, but, like, hollow. I think it's... Let's see if I can pronounce this. Perchiatelli. Perchiatelli. Percolating. That's what it's called. Percolating pasta. Percolating pasta. That was very good. And Blue Apron's cool, too, because, you know, I normally... Not the type of person that'll just kind of wing it with cooking or anything. So this that's pretty nice for me because I don't have to worry about a lot of my anxiety, not anxiety, but, you know, just concerns about cooking is that I don't want to buy the ingredients at the grocery store. And if I mess up, then 
you know, that's it. That's the, all the ingredients are wasted or I suddenly have a bunch of leftover ingredients and what am I going to do with this big bag of flour? I, particularly with Blue Apron, what I really like is that the herbs, especially, they only give you like a small amount because yeah. there's been so many times like, because herbs aren't that expensive. It's like, oh, this bunch is like $2, yeah. but the bunch is enormous. And it's like, I'm never going to use this much cilantro. Yeah. And I know you can freeze some herbs, but even then, like, you're never going to use it all. Yeah. Yeah, I it's not, it's less wasteful. I feel like it. Yeah, it definitely feels like that. I wish there was like, yeah, we just want to do a Q and A. Basically, our Blue Apron review podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what this has become. <laughs> We've tricked you. But like, I wish Blue Apron would give like notify you or give you a last chance to cancel if you don't want that week's meal because it is inconvenient if you just either can't afford or don't have the time or just you're out of town that week yeah. or something. If you forget it's a bummer. Yeah, and then just I, I wish they made like a meal plan for, you know, bachelorettes living alone because it's a lot of food if you just don't have the time or the stomach to cook or eat all that or anything. Yeah, I find I found that we had four people and we made two meals and it was like almost the perfect amount. Yeah. Uh, because uh, Matt ate his portions and part of mine. Yeah. Uh, and uh, you and Jesse each had your portions. Leftovers. Yeah. Leftovers but, are good. Yeah. I find Blue Apron a lot more enjoyable when I'm doing it with other people. Oh, definitely. Stuff. Like Matt and I do it when he visits. We do it together. And it's, yeah. we don't get it all the time. Like I yeah. think we, this visit, he was here for about a, he's going to be here for a month and we only, we've only gotten two the whole trip so it's it's more of like a instead of eating out we're gonna do this and i find it all very enjoyable together for sure yeah because i I have done i've made a few by myself and that was um i think i (laughs) i set off the fire alarm once (laughs) and i was in a google hangout so everyone in the hangout just saw me dashing across the screen trying to open windows and stuff (laughs) oh it was it was good good times Okay, so um, do you have like a weekly obsession or like a an, something that you're super into right now that's food related? That's isn't Blue Apron. <laughs> that's tough. Um, I feel like I've actually been, what's the word? I've been dropping the ball with cooking a lot lately and stuff. You know, it's just kind of tough when you don't have a car. Like I don't have a car, so I thank goodness I have that grocery store just down the street for me, but... You know, that, that stuff gets heavy. So it's like, I kind of have to, when I'm at the grocery store, I, I always have to be very aware of what I'm purchasing because I need to be like, can I physically carry this back with me and stuff? And that always kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Definitely affects what I purchase. I think I'm still obsessed with those chicken curry. I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> it's, it's my white whale. <laughs> there was these... There's a grocery store down the street from my apartment, and it's got primarily Polish food and imported food from Europe and stuff. And it's but huge. It's huge. And it opened, like, late 2014? Yeah, October. Yeah, it opened late 2014. And when it opened, they were selling these, like, frozen chicken curry patties. Um, and they were from some, like, some Jamaican food supplier out of New York. And it was some of the best curry I'd ever had. And it was a frozen food. Like, it always blew my mind. And, like, the patty, the breading in the patty part was always so nice and flaky, like, perfect. (laughs) And I just would buy it all the time because, like, you know, one of the patties would be perfectly filling and stuff. It was still affordable, and it was my favorite thing on the planet. 
And like, I would always have it like at least once or twice a week or something. Like I would go through a whole box like every other week and then they stopped selling it. And it was gone for a few months and I was so upset and I actually had found the, the um, manufacturer's website and realized I could buy this stuff on their website and they could dry ice FedEx it to me. And I was really close to doing that. And then you found them again. I did. I took a photograph. <laughs> you just and I texted it to you. I think I like let, got up and went to the grocery store later that evening and found them. Because um, they like moved them down the frozen food aisle a little this bit. This is a big grocery it's store. It's a big grocery it's store. Re- it's like, if you imagine, okay, it's like a Walmart gro- of yeah. the grocery stores. It's, it's really big. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, so they shifted them down like, like maybe on the other end of the aisle and stuff. And they're at the bottom. So it's like, of course I miss them all the time. Even though I would go up and down and like very slowly like scan all of the frozen food fridges or freezers. <laughs> like I am someone who really likes grocery shopping. Like I find it to be a very like calming, like by myself, like taking my time. Like I know it's, it's super stressful for yeah. you. Uh, but like I love grocery shopping and I like walking down every aisle because I like to see what's on sale. Yeah. And I do make a list before I go, but I'm also like try to be really adaptable to what's on sale because like if what I want to get is a little like if it's on sale, it's awesome. But if yeah. it's not on sale, like maybe, maybe I'll change my, my mind and I'll get you know, a different thing instead of that thing because it's like, oh, this would actually be cheaper to make than the thing I was planning to make. Yeah. So that's usually kind of my, how I do it. And even in that grocery store, I don't, I don't walk down every aisle. Yeah. If there's too many aisles. There's so many. Like, yeah. <laughs> but the, the chicken curry, it's gone again. And mm-hmm. I... And that was. They I think, saw the Jamaican curry one though, which doesn't. Or it's Jamaican patties. It's like from the they same company. They have beef and chicken. Yeah, beef and chicken Jamaican and patties. And I only want the chicken. Have, yeah, they don't. But have the... yeah, that was about a year ago. It disappeared, and still to this day, I will go to that aisle and slowly go up and down that aisle looking for it. I know I saw it at a different grocery store recently. It must have. It might have been Jewel. Oh, Jewel. It might have been Jewel. I know I saw. It. I was at a grocery store. And I was like, oh. Hannah likes these. I should tell her they're here. But I was like, oh, like this is never, she's not going to go to this grocery store because it's like not, and you have to drive to it. Yeah. Like my sister lives with me, my little sister, and she's got a car, but you know, she works at a Buffalo Wild Wings. So we essentially have opposite schedules. So it's always, she works nights and weekends. Yeah. yeah. So it's always kind of tough for me to like, be like, hey, can you borrow your car? Did you go to Jewel to buy chicken curry patties? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sure she would let me, but she'd probably give me a weird look. But yeah, grocery shopping has never really been my favorite thing. Just rush hour driving or whatever. Yeah. It's just like, why is your car parked parallel in the middle of this aisle? It's very rude. I actually really like, I'm not going to say the name of it because I don't want, you know, privacy stuff. But that little grocery store that opened recently down the street. Oh, yeah. Um, The one with the coffee shop in it. Yeah. I really like that one a lot because it's, it's small. It's small. Yeah. And it's a, l- it's a little expensive, but it's also like literally on my way home from work. And mm-hmm. so like I can stop in there and get like two things and it's like really quick. The staff is really nice and yeah. they like recognize me at this point and like we like talk about similar things every time. So I don't know. I, I'm a big fan of that one. I actually go to that one more than any other one now. Yeah. I'll stop there sometimes because it's kind of... It's like two blocks down. It's from a the nice train walk. Station. It's not like super long yeah. walk, but it's it's a little bit of a walk. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a nice little grocery store. I was happy yeah. when it opened. 
It has a coffee shop in it. Yeah, coffee. Oh, yeah. Because it's got Intelligentsia coffee. Yes, it does. Love it. Best. And they have, like, little breakfasts and stuff you can get. Like, they have that little, like, it's like a hot, it's like a cafeteria style. See, yeah, it's probably a good thing that it's just enough out of my way that I can't stop on my way to the train. Because I would be screwed. I would be getting coffee and stuff there all the time. I do stop there sometimes to get a coffee on my way to work if I don't have coffee in the apartment. Yeah, treat yourself. Oh, I'm going to talk about my weekly obsession. Oh, yeah. <laughs> or it's not even my weekly obsession. It's my summer obsession. has been making cold brew at home. Um, and Sarah McHenry actually put together a really good uh, like how to make cold brew uh, post on Tumblr a while back that I read. Because I've been really into, into the idea of doing it, but it was kind of intimidating. Um, and I read hers and I was like, oh, actually, this is like super easy. So if you've never made cold brew, the easiest way to make a really good cold brew at home, I think, is to go to Starbucks and get their cold brew packets because they sell them in these two kind of like sealed contain sealed packets. Yeah. And in in inside of each packet is two like really large tea bags. They look like tea bags of, of uh, ground coffee. Um, and you can use one or both of them. If you're making like a normal size pitcher, when I, when I say pitcher, I, I'm thinking of a particular size, but if it's normal size pitcher that you would use both of the pack of the little tea bags uh in the one sealed packet not both of the sealed packets and you just put it in there you can do it in the morning or the evening i usually try to do it in the morning because uh, they say that even handling coffee at night can keep you up like the caffeine can like enter into your skin oh my god what <laughs> yeah so like i try to wear um like rubber gloves at night if i'm cleaning out my coffee maker I didn't um, know about that. You should you should wear like gloves, like dishwashing gloves, or just wash it in the morning. You could also just do that. But oh my God, this changes everything. Yeah, just don't touch coffee after like. I'm not even gonna at look all. at it. Don't yeah, don't even look at it. <laughs> uh, anyway, so you put the the bags in the pitcher, and you just pour a couple of cups of cold water in, and then you just stick it in your fridge for 24 hours. And the next morning, you just fish the little packets out with like a spoon. And then you add a couple more cups of cold water and then you have coffee. Or you can not add the water and you can mix it with like milk or something. Like yeah. if you're going to water it down, like like usually what I do is I add a little extra water and then I do like half water, half uh, dark chocolate almond milk and then some ice cubes. And that's like my morning mocha uh, that I make before I go to work. Your marmo. My, my marmo. Oh, no. God. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, so that's been my thing. Oh, and my other week, my weekly obsession is adding. I we got these uh pusheen ice cubes, ice oh. cube tray in the pusheen box. I didn't know you haven't gotten yours yet. No. Um, but I love them because it's like a brown beverage and like the kind of cold, like clear <laughs> color of the. Color. Yeah, it's like the pusheen color. <laughs> so she's like peering out of me it, it from my drowning. morning cup. No. <laughs> she's enjoying it. She's smiling. She's taking a little bath. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's what I'm really into. So that's an easy way to make cold brew. Uh, yeah, I'm definitely gonna try that. Yeah, it's like super easy. Uh, and I I like cold brew, especially in the summer. Um, it's very mild. Yeah. I do love a nice hot black coffee in the winter, though. I'm really looking forward to start drinking black coffee again, because I really honestly haven't had it in a while. Because hmm. uh, I've been making so much at home, and I've mostly been making cold brew. Yeah, coffee's like a lifelong obsession for me. I'm... Definitely addicted to caffeine, but I think most of us are at this yeah. point. Yeah, I love my morning coffee. Technically, I think I can still go without it, 
Yeah. Um, I, I can't. Like, I have to have it with it. Or I start, I get, like... You don't drink a ton of it, though. You have, like, one cup. Yeah. I just need... That's all I need is just one cup in the morning, and then maybe I'll have a pop or a... Or, excuse me, a soda. A soda. Soda, don't you know. Um, I'll have a pop or like a, um, another coffee sometimes in the afternoon, but not every day. Speaking of pop oh. and soda, <laughs> you're from Michigan. Yes. I'm from the South. Yes. In the South, we say soda. Soda. And we say occasionally Coke, depending Coke. on who you're talking to. Uh, you might go through a drive-thru and just ask for a Coke, and yeah. they, will just, they just know. But Coke can mean not just Coke. It also applies to Pepsi. So if you ask for a Coke, they'll just give you yeah, Pepsi. But you say pop. pop. And I say pop now because I've been living in Chicago for a few years. Hey, hey. But why don't you tell me about growing from Michigan and like what like Michigan cuisine is like? Oh, well, oh gosh. Um, yeah, it's like I don't, I feel like it, just maybe in the Midwest in general, there's not as much of like a distinct cultural food identity that you know seems like especially for the south because you always just hear southern food good southern cooking we don't really have that it's more just like we have like specific restaurants and stuff or you have to go to specific locations because specific locations will be famous for specific foods like you go up to the upper peninsula for pasties Mm -hmm. which they're kind of um I don't know the best way to describe them. Be like maybe handheld chicken pot pies. That sounds awesome. Like like pizza pockets, but way 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 better. And it's they're so good. They're so good. Um, and they're I just love anything that's like a crust, a pie crust. Yeah, it's just like good hearty winter food. And you know if you find a good place to get them, and you can find them in the lower peninsula too. Um, you can find them really anywhere. But the UP's got the most legit stuff. But I have, the last time I had pasties, they were from hell, Michigan, and they were really damn good. So I got hell pasties. But yeah, pasties are really, like, well-known. Not really well-known, but they're pretty iconic with the UP. I'm trying to think what else. Michigan food. Um, cherries are pretty big in Michigan, right? Cherries are very, there's a lot of cherry farms up in the, um, so if, for the unfamiliar, if you look at the palm of your right hand, that is the lower peninsula of Michigan. Um, your pinky finger, that is the Leelanau Peninsula. I was actually just there earlier, a few weeks ago. Um, I was kind of at, like, the your armpit of your pinky. This is, like, a brilliant way for people to follow along. Yeah, yeah. I was just in Traverse City, Michigan, which is basically at the very bottom of your pinky, the armpit of your pinky, between your pinky finger and your the ring finger. Pit. Um, yeah, the pinky pit. <laughs> um, but Traverse City, it's a very popular, like, summer destination and stuff, um, but... It's very well known. That whole area is very well known for their cherry farms. And I have never been to like wine country, you know, California or anything. I've never really known what that's like, but it's so pretty. I A few years ago, I was up in this area last time in 2012 and I was driving up to an old college friend's cabin, which they lived like literally at the very tippy top of the Leelanau Peninsula, which the is... The pinky. The pinky, yes. And like... I was driving down this road, and on one, on you know, on my right side, um, there's a bay between the, your pinky finger and your ring finger. That is the Grand Traverse Bay. So I had this gorgeous bay on the right side, and then on my left is just miles and miles of cherry farms and rows and rows of cherry farms. So everything is cherries up there and stuff. Um, like they have a big old cherry festival. I think that's like early mid july don't quote me on that but um they also have wineries up there which 
So it's like, wine. <laughs> but when I was up there a few weeks ago, there was also, you know, Grand Traverse Bay between your two fingers. There was a very, very tiny, tinier peninsula between your pinky and ring finger. So it's like you grew a tiny, tiny. Yeah, so you grew a very tiny finger. Or maybe you just got a little a really skinny wart coming out of your little <laughs> pinky. That is the old Mission Peninsula, and it is very much, much smaller and skinnier. And there is a, not a bazillion, there's like a I'm trying to describe it. I was literally going to say wart. I was like, I'm not going to go there. And then you went there. You have a really bad sliver sticking out of there. That is the old Mission Peninsula. And unlike a sliver, it is very pleasant and pretty. And there are a lot of wineries up there. And so I went with some of my family to the old Mission Peninsula, took a day trip out there, and went wine tasting for the first time ever. And that was very nice. Like the one we went to was um, Chateau Chantal. <laughs> so if you're ever up in northern Michigan and need a good winery, I recommend the Chateau Chantal because did they have cherry wine. They did. Well, it was really cool because um, I think I paid six dollars to maybe it was six dollars. Yeah, I I paid something that was less than ten dollars to taste like six wines, but also doing paying for the wine tasting also gave me like a five dollar off voucher for a bottle of wine. So. You know, I tasted all these wines and stuff, and they had this really nice, like, bubbly, because I like more bubbly champagne wines and stuff, and they had this, like, bubbly cherry wine, because a lot of the cherry wines, because cherries, yeah, you know, this wine was pretty cheap with that voucher and stuff, so that was really cool. I think I, one time when I was in Ann Arbor for a con, uh, I was with Jessie, actually, who we mentioned earlier, um, she and I went to this, like, cherry Oh yeah, the Grand Tra- yeah. They're um, what's that called? Uh, Great Travers or something? I don't remember. But yeah, they had like lots of stuff to taste test. Like there was like cherry salsa. Yep. Um, cherry chocolate stuff. Yeah. Uh, but there was also wine, and I think the only <laughs> thing I bought there because after tasting everything a couple times, yeah. we walked around the store at least twice, um, yeah. tasting everything. There might even been cheese with cherries in it, maybe. Probably. But uh, I got a cherry wine. And it was really good. And it wasn't too expensive. It was like $16 or something. Yeah. But it was it was really good. Traverse City is cherries. Mackinac Island is fudge. Holland is tulips. There's a city on the west side of Michigan called Holland. But don't eat tulips. It's not <laughs> food related. Oh gosh, let's see what else about Michigan. Isn't there really good uh, Indian food in Detroit? There's, there's, I mean, there's a lot of just good everything in Detroit like I could go on and on about how like some of the re- I had really good food in Detroit I uh, I went to college in Detroit so I lived in that city pretty consistently for four years and um yeah there's some really damn good places to eat there um I was actually just mentioning to Matt earlier there's Slow's Barbecue which I'm gonna cry if I think about it too hard because it is so good that is I think it's in Corktown which is one of the neighborhoods there yeah, there's a whole bunch of places in Detroit. And a lot of them are like kind of more hidden gems or something. And, you know, it's not big advertisements or you don't have to like call ahead and wait for five hours with a reservation or anything. But out in, I think it's Hazel Park or Oak Park. I think it's Hazel Park. Um, there is a little supermarket and it's Ernie's Market. And there, there's this guy, his name's Ernie. And he makes sandwiches in the back corner of this tiny little part supermarket that's on this tiny little corner off the street. And it is so nondescript, but this man makes the greatest sandwiches on the planet. And they are really, really thick and tall. 
Um, the best thing about Ernie's sandwiches is they're delicious. I don't even know what he puts in it, but they're delicious. Um, and it's the kind it's of like magic. A, and it's love. magic. Oh, well, he, okay, he does put love in it, magic. Because if you actually go to Ernie's Market and get the sandwich, like order the sandwich there, um, you know, Ernie will be in the back, and he's like an older gentleman and stuff, but he's got like the the slicer or whatever for meat. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have an indoor voice, and he is very enthusiastic about making sandwiches and stuff. Um, so. You will hear him just yell excitedly about his sandwiches and stuff. You're like, yeah, baby, and slicing the meat. Yeah, baby. And then for the ladies, if a lady comes to order a sandwich and stuff, he he's very excited about that. Because I remember the first time I actually went to the market, you know, you know, we're ordering and stuff. And he looks at me and he's like, come here, come here. And he like has me, he tells me, tells me to close my eyes and like hold out my hands over the counter. So I close my eyes and then... You know, like, I kind of way to be. And then all of a sudden, he puts something in my hand. He's like, yeah, baby! And I open my hand, and there's Hershey Kisses in my Aww. hand. <laughs> and, like, it's great. It's like, I love places like that where it's like, the food's delicious, but it's also an experience. And it's not something you're going to find in some travel guide or touristy thing or anything. It's just part of the local flair. And, yeah, Ernie's great. There's a really good, I think, like a documentary on YouTube or something. I think if you just type in Ernie's Market Detroit, you might be able to find it. Yeah, that, like, I found out about Ernie's just through college because um, my one professor, Dave Chow, hey, Dave, if you're listening to this, <laughs> he, yeah, he, like, is, like, the biggest, um, what's the word I'm looking for, champion of Ernie's. And, you know, in senior studio, we would all put in sandwich orders. So he would bring in this huge, like, cardboard box just full of Ernie's sandwiches into class. So, like... That happened every once, every so often and stuff. And I know, Dave, you mentioned years ago that you would overnight me an Ernie's sandwich, and you haven't done that yet. I really miss Ernie's. But, yeah, that's some good sandwiches. Oh, yeah, and then Coney Islands. Um, mm-hmm. Where well, I've eaten at Coney Islands. Yeah, 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 Coney Islands. They're, um, like... There's, you know, because I know everyone jokes about Starbucks being super common. That's Coney Island, especially in there southeast are Michigan. Yeah, drive through Michigan. My hometown, which is pretty small, has last time that I counted, I think three Coney Islands. And um, and yeah, Coney Islands are they're basically you know greasy spoon diners and stuff, and they have a bit of Greek food, you know, so it's more kind of Greek leaning. Greasy spoon. Oh, I, for, yeah, I forgot they have Greek food. I remember yeah. them being like a like a greasy spoon, but I had completely forgotten yeah. about the Greek stuff. Yeah, a few years ago. This was was this 2012? Um, because you and Anthony it came was, and visited. It was August of 2012. Yeah, yeah, years ago when I was still living with my parents in Michigan. Um, because you graduated in May. Yeah, and I graduated that December. Yeah, you you guys drove out and visited me, and I d- decided to take you to some of the local flair fair. And well, I, flair and fair. Flair, yeah, because like, I did go to the Indy State Fair with you. Yeah, we um, I took them to a um, a cone, one of the Coney Islands in my hometown, and I um, I had to buy them some saganaki, which is um, basically just cheese that they light on fire. It's really good though. Yeah, so it's like an appetizer, and they light it on fire and go opa, and it's on fire. I remember one time. If you're not aware of it, like sometimes the fire is um quite the burst um and. Like, one of my favorite stories, or it's actually kind of embarrassing, but in high school, you know, you'd always go to Coney Islands if you're with your buddies, because it was cheap and fast, and it was everywhere. Um, But just remember one time I was at a Coney Island in a corner booth with some of my buddies, and um, I don't know, for whatever reason, I was not aware of my environment at all. I was just talking with my friends, and the, like, booth next to us, to my left, ordered some saganaki, 
And so the server comes up with the, you know, the plate and they light the cheese on fire and there's a huge fireball out of the corner of my eye and I was not paying attention. So I see sudden fireball out of the corner of my eye and I scream bloody murder and like <laughs> kind of fly back into my friend's lap and the entire restaurant just stops and stares at me because I'm screaming at flaming cheese. Um, so yeah, just be aware of the fact that, you know, some things get lit on fire at Coney Islands. I, cause I remember you ordering it for Anthony and I, and I, like, I knew it was like cheese and I knew, you said it, they said it on fire, but like, I think the thing that, I can't remember if you told me about this, but I remember the thing I really, really appreciated about the dish is not even either of those things is they squeeze lemon on it. Yeah. And the lemon does like, I don't know. It's like, I loved, I mean, I love cheese. Oh, cheese yeah. is like my favorite food in the cheese whole world. So good. Um, I love cheese. I eat cheese. A lot. Um, every day. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the lemon on it really, like, it really, ref- br- I don't know. It just makes it, like, a hundred times better. There's Yeah, it's very it's tangy or tart. It's very yeah, tart like it, it, br- it brings it to life. Livens it up. Yeah, it makes it really good. If you're ever in Michigan and you find a Coney Island, which you probably will, oh, yeah. you should definitely get There's, like, Saganaki. kind of chains, like Leo's Coney Island and stuff. Yeah, in downtown Detroit, there's two Coney Islands that are right next to each other. There's the American Coney Island and the Lafayette Coney Island, or Lafayette. And they're, like, kind of, you know, got some, like, Capulets and Montague thing going on. So, you know, who, which one do you prefer? It's kind of the big thing. I really can't give you an answer. I'm not, because, like, the big thing with Coney Islands is they're Coney dogs, which is, you know, kind of kind of hot dog it's the detroit hot are dog. they like a long hot dog no it's like a normal hot dog and stuff but um oh, i cannot remember what they put on it i'm a terrible detroiter i mean i can't remember what they put on a chicago yeah dog. i think it's like oh i think it's chili i think they put oh that chili sounds in. good oh i think you're right I yeah it's chili it like actually it seems good because like i i didn't like chili a few years ago and now i do like chili but hot dogs are one of those things i've just never really been into and stuff but i <laughs> like I went through years where I didn't eat hot dogs, yeah. but I I've come back around to a hot dog. I like a veggie dog too. I like I like things that taste kind of smoky. Yeah, and uh, I don't know. I like things. I like tube shaped. <laughs> uh, I've never been a big burger fan. I think usually it's one or the other yeah, when you go out. Like I'm it's a like burger or like a, at a barbecue, it's like it's a hot dog or a burger. And I've, yeah. I've never been a big burger person. Matt's kind of turned me around on that because he, it's like his favorite food. Yeah, but a really good burger place in Ann Arbor. Wait, did I take you to Blimpy? No. Okay. No, I took Jesse to Blimpy. Yeah. You should take Matt to Blimpy. Yeah. Matt, let's go to Blimpy. He's not listening. But yeah, no, if you're ever in Ann Arbor, Michigan, there is Blimpy Burger and they make really good burgers. The end. <laughs> that is Hannah's recommendation. I, I should be getting a check from the Michigan Travel Agency. <laughs> pure Michigan. Yeah. Hashtag Pure Michigan. They're not the sponsor of this podcast. No. Nobody's sponsoring this podcast. So if you're interested, Tim Allen. No, Blue Apron doesn't sponsor this no, podcast. No, yeah, Tim Allen and Blue Apron don't. Tim Allen boy, like narrates all the travel commercials for Michigan. So. Oh, is he from Michigan? Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, because his home, home improvement <laughs> is based. Oh, man, home improvement is based out of. It's Royal Oak. Nice. Yeah. Town in Metro Detroit. Uh, I love it. Is it actually filmed there? No, probably Oh, that's not. a bummer. I love yeah. it when you're watching a show and it's actually filmed somewhere that you lived or are familiar with. It's like, 
I don't know, like, I was recently watching a show that was filmed in Chicago, and based in Chicago, and it was, like, they were filming areas of the city that, like, I never really paid attention to, but when I was watching it through this, like, lens of the TV show, I, like, it helped me appreciate it more. Yeah. I don't know. I, it's, it's, it's fun. Yeah. That was, like, It Follows, but the, that's a very scary movie, but it was, like, I just wanted to see that. Yeah, but, yeah, they filmed it all in Metro Detroit, and I'm, like, this is, this is where I grew up, and oh, this is scary now. I'm going to ask you some quick questions. All right. Uh, so what are three foods you cannot live without? Oh, gosh. Um, three foods I cannot live without. Can coffee be a food? Yes. Okay, coffee. It can be anything that you eat. Okay. Um, or drink. Ooh. Yeah, that's tough. Coffee? Coffee. <laughs> oh, no, coffee, um, bread. Bread. Do you I have love... a favorite kind of bread? A particular um... kind of bread? Mm, that's tough. I kind of like rye bread every once in a while. Rye bread, especially with just butter on it. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, so coffee, bread. Um, ooh, this is pretty tough. You know, I always really like cereal. You eat a lot of cereal. I eat a lot of cereal. Battle Creek, Michigan. That's where Kellogg's is. <laughs> cereal City. What's your favorite cereal? Oh, that that changes every day. Right now, it's Frosted Flakes. But oh, I do knows? love a Frosted Flake. It's really you know, whatever's like, on sale. You actually look at the list, the ingredients list on Frosted Flakes. Like, there's really not that much. Like, it's pretty. Bad, yeah. It's pretty short. Yeah. I was actually like, I had some. We went to visit <laughs> Anthony in Indianapolis yeah. uh, this past weekend, and he had some Frosted Flakes, and there, I was like, oh, I could really eat some Frosted Flakes, and I was like yeah. reading the ingredient box, and I was really impressed. Apple cinnamon Cheerios are really good too. I also like a honey nut Cheerio. Those are good too. Yes. Sophie loves a Cheerio. My cat Sophie. Um, she's laying on the ground next to us. Oh. Um, she likes to. If I'm eating Cheerios, she likes to stick her paw in and hook one on a claw and eat it <laughs> like a kibble. So what? What's a food or foods? Multiple foods. You can answer with multiple foods uh, that you wish were healthy, or that would like burgers. Yeah, yeah, like that you wish was healthy but wasn't. I remember when I was a kid, I just couldn't understand why the food that tasted good, in my opinion, was bad for me, when the food that I, in my opinion, thought tasted bad was healthy for me. It just, like, the logic was like, well, this is encouraging me to eat it. Um, so pretty much just, like, burgers or anything sugary or, you know. It feels like self-preservation as a child. Yeah. Like, it tastes good, so obviously it's good for me. Because yeah. why else would it taste good? It's that kind of kid logic. Because I also thought when I was a kid... If I drink a bunch of medicine, I'll be super healthy. Really good thing I never actually acted upon that theory, but... Okay, there was a time when I was a kid watching... I think I was watching cartoons, and I was, like, sitting on the floor of, like... I think our rec room... At the time, I think my brother and I were sleeping in the same room. Yeah. Because we were both, like, really young. Uh, And then the other room was, like, a playroom slash, like, changing room kind of thing. And, uh... I remember just sitting and eating an entire bag of cough drops. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Cherry flavored cough drops. And like, I knew they were cough drops, but I was like, you're never going to cough again. I was like, well, I wasn't even for the medicine. I was like, these are like candy. Yeah. I'm just going to eat this whole, but I think it was like, oh, I can eat this whole bag of candy because technically it's good for me. Yeah. I think, yeah, it's that child logic, but yeah, really just a lot of red meats and stuff. Like I don't eat a ton of red meat, but you know, when I do, I'm just like, oh, Dang, this is good. I feel like, and like, if you're someone who eats a lot of red meat, that's like, you know, totally do what you want. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, because I don't eat a lot of meat either, but when I do have red meat, it's like the same thing where I'm like, I'm like really cherishing that red meat. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh man, this is good. Yeah, because like, I don't have steak that often, but really good steak is just, I'm doing yeah. the, um, what's it, like, pacha from, from the Emperor's New Groove. 
Yeah, that meme face. Yeah. What is a favorite childhood food that you had growing up? Mm, oh, all right. Grilled cheese with jelly on top. What kind of jelly? Usually strawberry. Would you but accept a different kind? Apple? Maybe. I see. I haven't had apple, but apple sometimes like grape. But I would try apple or raspberry. But yeah, just, you know, you make a normal grilled cheese. You proceed as normal with grilled cheese operations. But then at the very end, you just spread some jelly on the very tippy top of the bread. Just adds a little so bit of So it's not sweetness. inside the sandwich. No, it's not inside. So it's on the top. I feel like... I feel like if you go to a fancy restaurant that has a fancy grilled cheese, mm-hmm. they probably do the same thing, but it's on the inside. Like, it's yeah. like, oh, it's like an apricot preserve, yeah. and it's like a sharp, sharp white cheddar, yeah. and uh, prosciutto, or something like that. Yeah. Um, it's like the same idea, yeah. basically. But yeah, what kind of cheese was it? Normally strawberry. Or no, oh, just strawberry American. cheese. Strawberry <laughs> cheese. No, it was normally, you know, craft American singles okay. and stuff, but yeah, there was a time where... It was a good while when I just couldn't eat grilled cheese without jelly. I, just, I had to have it with jelly. I, I feel like that must be... Because I remember the first time you ever mentioned that to me, I thought that was really weird. But now I'm like, you know, I, I like that balance of salt and it's sweet. Yeah. Like, it's definitely one of those things where it's like probably, I'm sure in theory... It would depend on the cheese, too. Yeah. In theory, it probably sounds odd, but I don't know. That's just kind of what I grew up with. And... You should try it with a chev, like a goat cheese, Ooh. with a... Fruit spread. Artisanal stock or grilled cheese. Oh, we gotta try this out some Yeah, we should definitely make cheese and yeah. jelly. Grilled cheeses. Yeah. We could try them with different breads too. Nice. Okay, a food that you didn't used to like, but you like now. Ooh, chili. Oh, yeah, you just mentioned that. Yeah, one. yeah, I think I had mentioned that. Yeah, I just, I never really liked chili for the longest time. And I remember when. Because Lauren used to live with me, um, and then she moved out, or you moved out, you're right next to me. Um, <laughs> but, like, I remember you made, or Jesse came over one night, and we all made chili, and all that was with the bread. Yeah, I had, uh, <laughs> I've been given this bread dough by our boss um, <laughs> called Sober Dough. So it's, like, basically a bag of, like, a bread mix, or it's, like, a, yeah, a bag of bread mix, and you mix it, all you mix it with is, like, a bottle of beer. Yeah. And they give you a recommendation on the kind of beer to use, uh, but I think we just bought, like, a single from a store. Yeah. Um, and the directions said to mix by hand, and... <laughs> Well, yeah, so we were, you know, we'll make group meals every once in a while. So Jesse and Lauren were working on the chili, and I was tasked with making the bread because both Jesse and Lauren are more cooking savvy than I am. So they gave me the bread duty. And so I'm reading the directions. It says mix by hand. So stick my hands in the bowl and I start mixing it up. And I'm just like, wow, this is really tough and really messy. And like, I think both of you guys just kind of collectively turned around and looked at me. And you're like, that just means stir it with your hand with a spoon. <laughs> and I didn't know. So I made this massive mess because I thought, stir my hand. Um, yeah, it came so out good, though. It tasted good. It did. I, I, it did. It was very good bread and very good chili. But yeah, you guys kind of turned me around on chili. and So easy to make. Yeah, because um, you guys actually got me a crock pot. I feel like there's been this like 
long-term underground plan from Jesse and Lauren to like get me cooking more and stuff and they got me a crock pot for my birthday this year it's a good crock it's huge I haven't used it in a while and I keep meaning to like I get another like the recipe summer's not really the it's time tough yeah. yeah but I was make, using it a lot in like May and April but yeah I made some chili with it and it was pretty good I learned how to um I would make like chicken where you have to pull the chicken apart with my like two forks and stuff and um i used that expertise at my family vacation my oh, mother awesome. was very impressed that's awesome so, that's so good <laughs> did um, you guys have a crock pot there yeah we had a bunch of crock pots awesome yeah the cabins provided crock pots it was funny my i guess mom, that makes sense if you're going to provide any kind of cooking thing a crock pot's pretty like yeah we were surprised because we didn't have toasters but we had a crock pot crock pots are very nice so if you're someone like me that's not super experienced or doesn't have the time to cook crock pots are very nice for that i know that you also got like this book i think it's like five ingredients or less oh yeah that that thing is a lifesaver yeah i I will probably link it in the description or uh just give a shout out of the title but uh it's like five ingredient or less crock pot recipes yeah it's a very nice book because like like there's no pictures or anything. I think it's a pr- like it's somewhat. It looks like it's self-published. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jesse had purchased it off of Amazon and stuff. But it's really nice for me because you know it's five ingredients, five steps, and like it's super easy and like they're very to the point with the directions and stuff. Just like put it in, wait five hours. <laughs> but like you know, it's so like this. The directions are so basic and the ingredients are so basic. But like so, it's super simple because a lot of times, even with the Blue Apron meals. The way they like format and organize their directions, it gets very confusing and overwhelming for me sometimes. And I'm dyslexic too, so it's like, it's very easy for that to happen to me. So I appreciate this book a lot because it is so simple and direct. And normally I have to rely on pictures or visual reference to get things, but this book has no pictures, but it's so simple yet descriptive that I don't need it and I don't have any problem with it and there's a ton of recipes so yeah I do recommend it if you're like someone like me that's awesome okay uh let's finish up with a favorite childhood food memory yeah okay I guess yeah I think I mentioned this one before but um I I think like a lot of other kids I was very notoriously picky as a kid and um you know when you're a kid you kind of think of these little plans and schemes and stuff to um, get out of eating so you can go straight to dessert time. Um, And when I was younger, you know, I saw one of those like Fisher Price plastic booster seats at the kitchen table and stuff. So, you know, I'd have to eat X amount of fish sticks or whatever before I could leave the table or, you know, have dessert or something. And so I was a little brat and um, I would, um, when my parents would turn around, I would hide food between the gap of my the seat of my booster seat and the actual seat of the chair proper. So I'd tuck food under that little gap because you couldn't really see it unless you actually were consciously looking in there. Yeah, so that was kind of my little stash, like stowaway for food I didn't want to eat, but I wanted my parents to think I ate. <laughs> so I'd go do whatever, watch Gumby or something. Um, but <laughs> so, Gumby? Gumby was on Nickelodeon in the 90s. I, I really Gumby. liked Gumby. Pokey was my favorite. but oh, um, oh, of course. Yeah. Well, yeah, and I had a nightmare about the blockheads, but I digress. Um, they're <laughs> scary. But, so, yeah. Um, so I would hide food and stuff, and I think the thing I hid the most under there were fish sticks. Because, you know, fish sticks. <laughs> I mean, do we have to go on? <laughs> fish sticks, am I right? Uh, what's the deal with them? But, so, um, when I was five, we moved out of that house, and... Um, 
I still remember moving day pretty well because I remember kind of standing, I don't know what I was doing in the dining room, but I was standing by my dad when we were like kind of taking the furniture out of the dining room. And I remember he lifts up the, he's unbuckling the booster seat from my chair and he lifts up the booster seat and just like under the booster seat is just this pile of petrified fish sticks. <laughs> Cause if they're fish sticks, like I don't think they get moldy. They just kind of become permanent. And so, they become a rock. They become a rock. So there's this petrified forest of like fish sticks under this booster seat. And my dad just lifts up the booster seat and like, you know, I'm, I'm five or whatever. So I don't really remember it very well, but I just remember he probably was just like, Hannah Lee. Yeah, that my little stowaway stash of um, petrified fish sticks is there's a memory there. So it's not really much about eating; it's more about avoiding. About eating. not eating. <laughs> <laughs> so don't. Um, I'm a bad role model. Oh, I don't know if any five year olds are listening to this podcast. Probably not. Don't do that, five year olds. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you so much for being on the <laughs> no podcast. Problem. Is there anything you want to give a shout out to before um, we go? Don't hide fish sticks under your booster seats and um, YOLO. Uh, do you? Oh, what's your Twitter? And stuff oh, like that. Oh yeah. Um, so I'm. Um, my main website is hannaleestockdale.com. That's all one word. Um, Lee is spelled L-E-E. Yes. Hannah's a palindrome. Stockdale, you'll just have to figure out yourself. <laughs> um, and then my um, my Tumblr and my Instagram are at hanoodles, which is Hannah plus doodles. It's just those words combined, but that's H-A-N-O-O-D-L-E-S. So, ha, noodles. Um, and then my Twitter is also hanoodles, but with an Z at the end instead of an S because a bot has hanoodles with an S. So, yeah, that darn bot. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. So, again, I'm Lauren, your host. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Lorem J L O R E M J A Y. Uh, also on Tumblr and Instagram with the same username. Uh, and my website is laurenjordan.net. Thanks for listening. Oh, one other thing. There is now an Amuse Bouche Twitter that you can follow. Uh, we're also on SoundCloud. Uh, I will be linking, like, the main uh, link on the Twitter will be straight to the SoundCloud, but the uh, Twitter handle for Amuse Bouche is Amuse Bouche Cast. So at Amuse Bouche Cast is the Twitter account. And you can follow that for updates, or you can tweet at me with like, you know, questions or whatever you want. Uh, so thanks for listening. Uh, happy eating. Goodbye. Bye. Thanks again for listening to Amuse Bouche Podcast. The podcast is recorded and edited by me, Lauren Jordan. The intro music is by Christine Tuna. You can follow her on Twitter at Christine Tuna, Christine with a K, Tuna like the fish, and see her work at ChristineTuna.com. Tuna is T-H-U-N-E.com. The outro music is by Chris Smith, who creates music as Luno. You can follow him on Twitter at Lunoland, or listen to his music at LunoMusic.com. Thanks again for listening, and happy eating!